You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's a Friday edition. It's the Friday Fun Show, Crunch Time here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here. Happy Friday to you and yours. James Mesh, my co-host, my producer, is in the master control suite. James, what's up, buddy? What's up, dude? You ready for a Friday edition? Oh, come on. How could I not be? You ready for high school football tonight? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. STM and Brother Martin. Oh, you know about that. Right here on the game. Oh, and then we got them ball Buccaneers out in Lake Chuck. And then... They're going to be and, playing them Broncos. And and then Karen Crow and, and Southside. They're going to have a little friendly matchup. They're going to have a get-together. They're going to have a little crawfish ball over, over there about five minutes away. In, in the open-air Crow Dome. Exactly. It'll be a good night. Oh, it's going to be a good night. It'll be a good... And it's going to be a great weekend of college football and NFL football as well. We're going to dive in to all of that today. Breaking news from the world of the NFL right off the top. Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert has a fracture to his rib cartilage. Oh! According to head coach Brandon Staley. However, besides the severity that the injury appears, he's listed as day-to-day. Well, they do have extra days off. They won't be back till not this Sunday, but the next. So they got three extra days off. So Justin Herbert gonna play next Sunday? I think there's a chance, but Probably. what you do is you wear an extra protective gear on the rib cage. Yeah, he'll he'll wear a flak jacket, which he should probably be wearing anyway. If he's not, just just my two cents on it. But anyways, um, poll question: Facebook and Twitter. Which of our local teams is most likely to win their weekend matchup? LSU, McNeese, the Saints, or UL? So far, uh, the Cajuns are dominating this just like they're dominating the nation's longest win streak. Ooh, let them know. 55% have voted for the Cajuns, 20% each for LSU and the Saints, and then 5% for McNeese. Shout out to that McNeese vote. Shout out to the one McNeese vote. Uh, Lake Charles, y'all, y'all gonna have to step the game up and and start voting for the Cowboys and make this a make this a competition because everybody else is running away with it. Two comments. Ton comes in and says the answer here is yes, exactly four zero. And then JBK says Saints, of course, got my new shirt and water bottle in just in time for the game. Oh, so so I, I I've it. recognized both of these. It, there's a there's a store in New Orleans called Dirty Coast. And it's very similar, if you're familiar with Parish Inc. here in Acadiana, it's very similar setup, like local designs, blah, blah, blah. So they sell a water bottle and it says Falcon Tears. I love it. And then they have the T-shirt, and it's it, it looks like the ACDC logo, but it says NOLA, and it says Back in Black and Gold, and then on the back it says Stadium Tour 2022, and it has all the cities that the Saints will be playing. Where can in. I get that? Uh, DirtyCoast.com. Let me see this. Because now, now I'm intrigued about that. About that hydro flask, yeah the uh, the the Falcon Tears bottle, yeah uh, yeah, Dirt, it, was, it was dirty what dirty coast okay yeah they're they're a cool company they're a good store, um, 
Yeah, so Saints play the Falcon Saints play the Bucks. LSU plays Mississippi State. The Cajuns are at Rice. McNeese is at, at home against Alcorn State. I mean, Louisiana Tech's playing Clemson. And remind me who t- Tulane's playing again? Tulane's playing Kansas State. Ah, uh, yes. There which, it is. by the there way, if you haven't seen the helmets that Tulane is busting out tomorrow, oh, they're going with that powder blue with the with the wave on the helmet, and it is it, it's nice. It's nice to say the least. Today's show, Steve Robertson of 24-7 Sports covering Mississippi State will join us as he drives down from Stark Vegas to Baton Rouge for the game tomorrow night. And then at 5 o'clock, it's a Friday, and that means Jake's takes. Jake Crane of Crane & Company will join us to give his thoughts on the top matchups in the world of sports. And we'll also talk a little NFL with him as well. So, James, we we got kind of busy yesterday, and, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. The majority owner of the Phoenix Suns, Robert Sarver, was given a one-year suspension by the league for what they're referring to as racist and misogynist remarks. Well, that's never good. No, it's not. It's never great. And... But but now it's getting it's getting a little bit trickier because now you know they're the minority owners are calling on Sarver to resign to give up his stake in the team. But then this is where it gets even trickier for the Suns. PayPal is one of their biggest sponsors. It's their jersey patch sponsor. Okay, yeah. PayPal has said that if Robert Sarver returns after his ban, PayPal will not. So that things could get interesting there. But how does that work? Because he's the majority owner. Like, who fires him? You know, could uh, can can the commissioner step in? I, I believe he should be able to. I, I don't. I don't be. know. I don't know the statement. I, I don't know the hierarchy of how that works. Does Does the commissioner have power over a team owner to where he can say, "Hey, you have to sell the team"? I, I'm interested to see what what's going to happen there, because and and it works out well for PayPal if if they want to walk away. Because their deal expires at the end of the 2022-2023 season. So it would be no harm, no foul. And then for the people who are like, we're obviously not on the side of Sarver, that could drive more business their way. Yep. So things things will get interesting. Um, at, this is an article from two days ago, and it, it's Adam Silver says, I don't have the right to take away the Phoenix Suns from owner Robert Sarver. So things will get interesting there. I don't want to spend too much time on that, but you know, I'm I'm interested to see where that's going to go over the next couple of weeks as he's suspended for a year and fined 10 million dollars. 
you want to get in on the action, you can call us on the game hotline 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on our simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Thursday Night Football last night, the Kansas City Chiefs taking down the Los Angeles Chargers 27-24, to and Justin Herbert was fantastic. 33-48, 334 yards, three touchdowns. Mahomes wasn't so bad either, but the story of the night was a seventh-round corner by the name of Jalen Watson. So Jalen Watson was picked 243rd overall by the Kansas City Chiefs in this year's draft. He had a 99-yard pick six last night in his second career NFL game. What makes this story even crazier, James, three years ago, this young man was working at Wendy's 40 hours a week to pay his bills so that he could keep the dream of playing pro football alive. The man was working at Wendy's. And that's impressive. And again, second career NFL game, 99-yard pick six. So now the Chiefs have drafted two, two seventh-round players this season that have already scored a touchdown. Jalen Watson, Isaiah Pacheco. That's nuts. I think I think they're what they're going to do with they're all the other teams are going to use the Chiefs as kind of like a mold or like a blueprint because at this point we we were talking about it earlier we were talking about it in yesterday's show the with how they're kind of running things and how. They moved on from Tyreek, and everybody, including me, was like, what are you doing? Well, you're getting rid of your, one of your best players, and now you're just making up with them with three other mediocre to okay receivers. It's worked. And, and, and it's worked. It's worked. It's worked because it's, you're not having to pay one single guy. you got three talented guys, but they're, they're on much cheaper contracts. They're not better than Tyreek Hill by any stretch. But they're good, serviceable guys, and with that, the defense isn't able to hone and put bracket coverage on that guy. Right. They would have to, more likely not, if they really want to stop Travis Kelsey. But Juju and Miko and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Sky Moore and Isaiah so Pacheco. I mean, none it's of like, them. They're no, all good, and it's it's hard to guard all of them at once. None of them are better than Tyree Kill. No. Not even close. However, you put them collectively, majority in it's, numbers, it's pretty close. I mean, you, you look at McCole Hardman, three catches for 49 yards last night on four targets. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he, he didn't have a great night. Seven targets, only two catches. Juju Smith-Schuster was targeted three times, caught it all three times. I mean, they they knew the, the Chargers had a great game plan for Juju because he did not get involved in the game at all last night. Um, but no, you mean, and even Travis Kelsey, five catches, 51 yards. That is not a normal night for, for Travis Kelsey. And also, I wonder how Travis Kelsey's back's feeling after that Derwin James body slam. That WWE move. God. I, it, it's funny you call it the WWE move because the commentators even said, oh, that's going to be on tomorrow night on SmackDown, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, man, that's awesome. But do you know what's interesting about 
nobody on the Chiefs is really getting like a heavy workload. Like, I mean, Jerick McKinnon, he caught the first touchdown. Which but, I left him on my bench, first of all. <laughs> Salty about that, but continue. Well, he didn't put up amazing numbers. No, he didn't. No, he, he still had less than, or right, right about 10 points. So it, it, it's not the worst thing in the world that you had him on your bench. But, I mean, it looks like everybody was talking about it, even me. It was like, Clyde, this is going to be the third year in a row that he's not going to get much of a workload. I mean, you draft Isaiah Pacheco, and that could be a sneaky guy. You got Jarek McKinnon back. He did a lot during the postseason for the Chiefs. And I don't know. You can always do crazy stuff with players like Miko Hartman and like just hand it off to him. But Clyde's had a good first two games. That's what I'm saying. Clyde, he scored two touchdowns last week, and then he got 12 total touches. For Whereas 118 every, yards? Yeah. Like, everyone else, what have they gotten? The most is six. Nah, the thing with Clyde Edwards-Alaire is I think last year he played mm-hmm. when he wasn't 100%. And here's another thing. He's one of those players that got drafted in 2020. This is the first real offseason that right. they've had. Right. This is the first one like where it's like, this is normal. This We're back to things. I don't want to make excuses, but it's like this, no, this happened with a lot of things. It, it affects things, absolutely. And, and we see it with Cesar Ruiz. I mean, he hasn't been absolute dog water yet, and he was one of those 2020 players. I mean, you you remember with, with Camara, you know, you looked at him 2019, 2020, 2019, he was injured. And no, he, he wasn't tell. right. You and then tell. And then in 2020, late 2020, when he exploded, you were like, okay, that's Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Now we're back to the yeah, Al- Alvin but, Kamara yeah, hold. In, in 2019, you were sitting there going, what the hell is this guy doing? D- should we be re-signing him to a five-year deal? I don't know. But now, you, you clearly see that five years, $75 million is pocket change for a guy of his caliber. And then... And then looking at it back in 2021, it was like his average per touch, it, it went down significantly. And it was like, I think it was in the threes, if I'm not mistaken. But it, it was a lot lower than it usually is. And people were like, what's wrong with Alvin? Well, you don't have Michael Thomas. You don't have Emmanuel Sanders anymore or Ted Ginn, whoever you want as your speed demon. Your number one is Marquez Calloway. Right. And then you have Deontay Hardy at the two. So... When it comes down to it, I mean, you're gonna put all your focus on the on the biggest playmaker. And no, absolutely. Since you don't have a throw on the outside, you could just stack the box more. So Alvin's stats had to take a dip last year. It was four point three, but overall in his career, four point six. Look, or, or three point seven last year. Right now, it's four point three. Even even three point seven. It's not the worst. Look, in the world. I'm gonna tell you right now. If I was a coach and my running back is getting three point seven yards a touch. Every time, that's, I'm taking that all day. But that's more of a that's more of a running back that's a bowling ball or just right. somebody that, that, that you're getting bell for cow short. numbers. Yeah, that's bell cow. I'm getting you a majority of the touches, and I just need you for a lot of short yardage situations. Right. I'm not expecting you to get burst, but with Kamara, you expect him to get burst because he's not insanely fast, but he is deceptively able to get down the field for long gains. I, I would put I would put Alvin Kamara as one of the fastest as one of the five fastest dudes on the field every week. Before that's yeah that's what I'm saying. He doesn't look like he's running fast, but he gets down the field. Like what, looking back at his kick return in 2017. Oh yeah, you're looking. I'm like run. I'm like wait. You're already at the 40. 
Wait, you're good. You're 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 already gone. You're already gone. What's <laughs> going on? And and the same thing with them him against the Rams in that seventy eight yard run, seventy four, yeah, something like that. It was, I was like, he's running down the sideline. I'm like, he's gonna get caught, but he was fine. He was nope. fine. He got tapped on like the shoulder, but that that was it. I was like, wow, he's he's really able to get down the field. Plenty more conversation on the Saints and Bucks. We'll also talk LSU, Mississippi State, Cajuns, Rice, a couple national games as well. But time is running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live in person. Register in the Game Rewards Club to win four tickets to see Houston take on Tampa Bay on October 1st. And we'll even throw in a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations. This is the last Astros weekend getaway of the regular season. And Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning. La Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Take a timeout. When we return, we'll hear from LSU head coach Brian Kelly in preps for tomorrow night's contest between the Tigers and the Bulldogs right here on the game. Your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Ooh! It's a Friday fun show, crunch time right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 22, almost 23 minutes after the hour here on your Friday. Heard from Brian Kelly last night during the LSU Coaches Show, and he was asked on a multitude of topics from an injury update on Colby Richardson, Micah Baskerville, and the kind of competition Mississippi State will present this weekend question number one and where we will start this segment he was asked about you know his players and his team as a whole and if he feels like he's still learning new things each week yeah there's no doubt this is discovery each week good and bad and it's not just necessarily tactical uh, and technical this is still about good habits bad habits how to practice uh, you know and in some instances you know you know when you're not 100 percent can you give me, if you're 80, can you give me 100% of 80? So all those things, you know, we're, you know, we're kind of going through that process right now. And, and I think it's going to be something that continues to evolve. You know, we're still building trust that they need to trust us and, and we need to trust them when they tell us something as well. So long answer to the question is we're, we're still in a process right now. Jaden Daniels having an efficient start to 2022. He's going to get tested a lot tomorrow night with a powerful defense led by the defensive coordinator Zach Arnett, Nathaniel Watson, Jet Johnson, and Emmanuel Forbes, some of the big names to watch out for in that Bulldogs defense. And Arnett's defenses have been known to wreak havoc on opposing quarterbacks. Well, I think it's everything. It's not just the back end. They're disruptive. Coach Arnett does a really good job with his system. They've got good players, and they've got veteran players that know their system very well. They mix things up. They confuse the quarterback. You know, that. They're a really good defense, um, and they've proven that. Statistically, you, you can see that. So good players up front, mix things up, confuse the quarterback. You know, and again, I, I think the system itself really puts their kids in, in a really good position to succeed. James, you know, through two games going into the season, the LSU secondary was, was a big question mark. And I think it's safe to say that after two games, it, it still is. Yeah, I'd definitely say so. I mean, they haven't really proved anything that they are amazing after playing Southern. Right. And so so now you're tasked with facing an efficient quarterback in an 
air raid offense. So the, the, the question becomes, how do you stop that offense? Yeah, they run it effectively. And so if your edges are too soft and, you know, you're just in a three-man look and if the number's equal, you know, if it's five for five, you know, they're five offensive linemen for your five guys, they're, they're going to do really well running the football. So you've got to mix it up. You've got to be able to go six for five at times, and, and that's going to give them an opportunity to throw the football. So, look, it's, it's, a, it's a numbers game, and you can't just sit in one look. If you do, you're going to get gouged. James, you like to call me the kiss of death. I'm going to be in attendance at LSU Mississippi State tomorrow oh, evening. Oh no, I forgot about that. Yeah, is, I'm about is, to take, I is, might have to take dogs. Is that an auto L for LSU? <laughs> God, I hope not. What's your record when you go to Cajuns games? Cajuns games? Yeah. What's this, like your record this season? In or general, all time, all time. I'd have to sit there and think about it. <laughs> uh, but but off the top of my head. The ones in recent memory, they're two and zero. Okay, they're two and zero when I'm there. Maybe, maybe it's just you have to be there to cancel it out. Maybe. Like you know how like two wrongs don't make a right. Well, I think in this case it does. So if I watched it at home, they'd be in trouble. Yes. Okay. But I if you're it. there, I think they have a chance. I get what you're saying. The, the 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 last two games that I can remember being, or technically three and zero, if you count the bowl game. Yeah, because I because I was at the Sun Belt Championship. Mm-hmm. I was at the bowl game. I was at the Sun Belt Championship too. And then I was at their for the first home game against Southeastern. So three now. Interesting stat. I didn't every Cajuns game for any sport undefeated until I did a couple of basketball games. They had lost a few of those, and then uh, like maybe one or two baseball games. But every football game so I've Cajun, ever gone to, the, they're you've, never, you've never seen the Cajuns lose. No. Wow. In, in person. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. And then it was like a two or three and zero start for Cajuns basketball, and then kind of just well, ooh. if we're if we're being honest, it's been a long time since the Cajuns have lost at home. But here's it, that is very true. But also at the same time, but that's even going back to 2012. Hmm. My first my that's first fair. Cajuns football game. Uh, but with basketball, I've noticed it was like. If I don't, if I get there like right at the game starts, or like they've already began because I was late and I was they like, win. I stay late here. No, they lose. Oh, so I have so to they like get there on time, James. Yeah, I have to get there on time. God, I have so and, many and responsibilities, that's, and, that, and that's something I'm, I'm that's something you're not good at. I'm not, you're not I'm good not. at getting places on time. You're you're not. I'm not. <laughs> it, it, it's tough. It's okay. Punctuality is not your strong suit. But However, I'm I'm gonna try and make an emphasis it, for the Saints game. It is one of mine. I'm, oh, I know. I'm sitting here talking about well. well let let let's start with you know daily shows at four. Uh-huh. I get here at what eleven? Yeah. Why? Like why? Why? I, Games. I, I I prepare for I prepare for Jordy. His his show is at two. I don't start preparing until like twelve thirty, twelve forty. You probably shouldn't admit that on air. Hey, but <laughs> it's hey. Do I get my work done? You do in a, in a timely manner. Yes. You do. Okay. Um, games. Okay, tomorrow's game. Games at five. I'm talking about getting to Baton Rouge for two. I mean, I'm talking about waking up at eight o'clock and leaving where I'm going to be at in Baton Rouge. Yeah, uh, I'm looking to leave at about nine. That, that's gonna maybe be, that's going to be cutting it close. Maybe I have to get there a little early. I would. I would try. I would try to get to New Orleans for nine nine thirty. That's just me. Again, I get there early. That's just me. I would rather. I mean, I know for me, 
when I've gone to Saints games, as as a fan, obviously, because this will be my first media game. Congratulations on that, by the thank way. Thank you, thank you. We usually leave at like seven, eight o'clock from Lafayette, and, and we get there around ten ish. Yeah. My my thing is, is I but would I'll rather, already be in Baton Rouge. So. I would rather dodge all the traffic and get stuff done on my computer while I sit around and wait for the game to start than get caught in traffic and miss the beginning of the game. That That's always been my thing. I just know for me, I, I'm more of a night owl, so it's going to be more difficult for me to go to bed at a decent time, especially with me being excited about going to the Saints game. So it's going to be tough, but... I'll make it there. You're gonna have to get a lot of monsters. I don't. I try not to drink energy drinks. Well, as, as you as you should. I'm just gonna. They're I'm not gonna, good well, for you. Yeah, I know. Same thing with coffee. Well, I don't drink coffee, so um, I don't have anything to worry about there. But so we're, we're gonna talk more about the Saints as well as we'll take a look at the national scoreboard in the world of college football. But we need you to head over to Acadiana Bar and Grill on 327 Iberia Street in Youngsville tomorrow to hang with the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Hannah Five Names will be there from noon to one giving away tickets for both Rage and Cajuns football and LSU football. Swing by to register, hang with Hannah, spin the prize wheel, and you could score a pair of tickets to either a Rage and Cajuns game or an LSU game. Hang out with Hannah Five Names this Saturday from noon to one at Acadiana Bar and Grill. Take time out when we return. Steve Robertson of 247 Sports covering Mississippi State will join us as he travels down to Baton Rouge for tomorrow night's contest. Right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. That still might be my favorite rejoin that we have. Not because I'm a Top Gun fan, but because I'm an awesome wingman. I've said it time and time again, and I will continue to do so. Proof? There's a ring on my left hand. Just saying. Crunch time right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. 36 after the hour. Let's talk Mississippi State Bulldogs with our friend Steve Robertson of 247 Sports. Steve, thanks for taking the time, man. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. I always enjoy getting down to South Louisiana and uh, and looking forward to uh, some nice Cajun cuisine before uh, before I head back to North Mississippi. So you're traveling down to Baton Rouge today. Where are you at right now? Oh, I'm not too far out of start. Boy, you know how it is. You got got to board the dogs and run a million errands, and so see, I still got a little ways to go. So let, let's look at Mississippi State through two games, you know, big wins over Memphis and Arizona, both of them being by three scores plus. You know, what are your thoughts on the Bulldogs through two games? Well, I believe they're confident, you know, but to be honest, they haven't played real clean. I mean, tr- turnovers have been a little problematic, and even though they won those games handily, I mean, they, they basically played two and a half quarters, and I, and I, I share with people on my show if they go down and play two and a half quarters at Baton Rouge, they're coming home with a loss. And uh, so they're going to have to play a complete ball game. And 
I don't think it's a situation where anybody feels like Mississippi State is necessarily talent deficient. And I think where they are short, they make up with it schematically. But this is a team that's kind of been out of sight, out of mind, because you had that two-hour rain delay against Memphis, and then you had Pac-12 after dark. So a lot of people, I don't think, have really seen the Bulldogs play. But it's a very talented team, a veteran team, especially on defense. And uh, you know they're expecting to go down to Baton Rouge and come home with a win. You know, Will Rogers running that air raid offense has been ridiculously efficient. I mean, 78.5% completion percentage, 790-something yards, nine touchdowns, only two interceptions. He's taking care of the football. You know, give, give me your thoughts on your quarterback so far. Well, both the interceptions actually went through the hands of receivers, too, uh, to make it even worse. You know, they've had a couple of you know batted balls up, you know, like last week against Caleb Ducking lets the ball go right through his hands and ends up being an interception, sets up a touchdown for Arizona. But you know, I think what you're seeing with Will is just the maturation process is really taking root. You know, two two years ago, he was thrown in there as a starter, as a true freshman quarterback after K.J. Costello got injured. And was really ineffective. I mean, he had that big game against LSU, and that's really all he had to speak of his short time here in Starkville. But you know, now, Will, I think there has been a confidence with him that maybe hadn't been there before. I think he knows what he wants to do with the football, and as a result, they've been a lot more efficient with it. I mean, his completion percentage is pretty consistent with what it was last year. However, yards per attempt has gone up because they're willing to push the ball down the field a little bit more, and I think that's just him becoming more comfortable in the pocket. You know, staying on staying on the topic of Will Rogers, he's done a great job of spreading the ball around. Three receivers already over 100 receiving yards, and three receivers also with multiple touchdowns. You know, again, just just speak to that ability to get the ball in the hands of different playmakers. Well, I think that's kind of a product too of the talent around him getting better. You know, last year Makai Polk was a record-breaking receiver here at Mississippi State. Wasn't a lot of supporting cast around him, but now those guys have kind of stepped up. They've added some transfers, and crazy enough, those two transfers, uh, Jordan Mosley from Northwestern and Justin Robinson from Georgia, are second and third team respectively. I mean, and I think that's because you've got guys like Austin Williams and, and Rufus Harvey and Rara Thomas that have really you know taken the next step. And so they're kind of doing it by committee, but they're being very effective with it because you can't shade coverage to one guy because there's not one predominant receiver in his offense. Flipping over to the defensive side, they've done a great job of really stopping the run through these these first two games, only giving up 84 rushing yards per game. You know, j- just kind of talk about what's been the attribute the attributing factor to that. Well, I think it all starts up front. You know, Cameron Young is a guy that uh, Bob Shoup told me three years ago he was going to be the next great Mississippi State defensive line story, a guy who was under-recruited from small-town Mississippi that kind of showed up on campus kind of country strong. And, you know, he's a guy that occupies double teams and opens up, uh, you know, pursuit angles for other people and very strong at the point of attack. And uh, this is a veteran defensive line that's all juniors and seniors. And so you don't have, you know, maybe some younger guys that haven't been through the wars of the SEC. And, you know, depth at linebacker was a concern kind of coming into fall camp. I believe they've addressed that, but that front line group is outstanding. I mean, Jed Johnson, Buki Watson, Tyrus Weed, a guy they're from A-Meet, Louisiana. That starting three is as good as anybody State's had in recent years, and um, I, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, you've got – it's amazing. I saw this stat a couple of days ago. 17 of 22 guys on the Mississippi State defensive depth chart have three years' experience in this scheme. And that is something that I don't think many schools in the country can can even 
come close to. And I think that's why they've been so productive. When you look at that Arizona game, they gave up 40 yards rushing, and 34 of that was on one play on the first drive of the game where Tyra Sweet misses a tackle on the backfield, and they don't fit a gap. Next thing you know, the guy's off to the races. But after that, every other rushing attempt netted a combined six yards, and they take a lot of pride in being able to stop the run. And I think that's a big part of this game. I think, you know, Brian Kelly wants to limit possessions, control the clock, and I think they're going to try to establish the run game. So something's got to give. Chat with Steve Robertson of 247 Sports here on Crunch Time. You know, you touched on Jed Johnson and Nathaniel Watson being two of those leaders in this defense. Jalen Green off to a good start as well for the Bulldogs. You know, how has this defense been able to, to be so effective? You know, you talked about how talented they are in the front end, but even in the secondary, I mean, they're, your, your secondary is making plays. Yeah, and I think a lot of it's because you can match up outside. I mean, Emmanuel Forbes, one of the best cornerbacks in the country, certainly in the SEC. I don't know that he still gets enough respect, but the Cambrian Richardson's a product of Louisiana, too, that was kind of a late bloomer and ultimately landed at Mississippi State, was ready to four-star by our network. You know, So outside the numbers, they're going to be able to match up, and, and I think that'll be awfully interesting, too, is can Butte and neighbors make enough plays to make this awfully interesting to keep the state defense honest where they're not maybe sneaking those safeties up to kind of stop the run. Because I believe there's a lot of confidence in Zach Arnett's you know, defense. They feel like that, hey, with, with our guys outside, we can afford to play a little man coverage. What's the feeling heading into to Death Valley from the fan base, and how much of the Mississippi State fan base do you see traveling down south? It's cautiously optimistic. I mean, you know, it's one of those things, too, I think, that uh, there have been a lot of fence-sitters when it's come to Mike Leach. I mean, you have that big win against LSU in 2020, and then the rest of the season was, for the most part, forgettable. And you hadn't won an Egg Bowl yet, so you know, the way the season ended last year, you lose to Ole Miss, and then you get blown out in a bowl game, and they probably shouldn't have played the bowl game. They had, uh, I think, 12 starters out due to COVID and injury, and, and they went ahead and played it. That's who Mike Leach is. He's not going to you know, shy away from that, but... Uh, I think football season kind of snuck up on some people. And I think that Arizona game, even though Arizona was so bad last year, people just thought the logistics behind it, heading out there, playing so late, traveling so far, that it may be a game they would come out flat, and they haven't. So now people are kind of getting optimistic and excited about the season. And they, they see this too, you know, they see an LSU team, but they're probably glad they're getting early. Because, you know, let's, let's be honest about this. LSU is never going to walk trash out on the field. They're always going to recruit at a high level. So they're going to have athletes. It's just a matter of this team kind of finding some cohesion and chemistry. And I think LSU's going to be good. And uh, I think Brian Kelly's going to do a good job there. And I, I think if you're Mississippi State, you, you feel pretty fortunate about where you get them on the schedule. It's because of the fact that maybe you get them before they find their groove. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. You know, looking at this matchup, it's always been an exciting one. You talked about that game in 2020 and, you know, the, the Dak Prescott game in 2014. It's always been an intriguing matchup. What are your expectations tomorrow? Well, I think if State can play clean, they should win. Uh, if they go out there and play loose and fast and ball placement, turn the football over, I think LSU will kind of play a little keep away. I, I do think it's going to be a very close ball game, though. And I, and I know that's not a hot take considering the line, but, you know, if State can get it going early, you know, and uh, they have scored on the first possession of the second half in both games, if they can replicate that again this week, I think that it really boost their chances of winning. You know, but State can't have this, you know, third quarter malaise they've had after that score. I mean, they're up 35-3 against Memphis and then end up kind of getting a little anxiety late. But uh, I think most people around here expect State to go down there and play well. And if they do, I, I think they'll win the ballgame. 
any issues or injuries of note for the Bulldogs? No, not really. Jaden Crumity and John Lewis have both been out. Both got injured in fall camp, and they had they were not expected to play this weekend. There was some hope that maybe perhaps Crumity would be back, and then shortly after uh, they casted him up, that they were telling us it's going to be at least a month, perhaps longer. So everybody that's played the last two ball games is available, and and uh, no no notice noticeable injuries to anybody of note. Steve Robertson of 247 Sports joining us here on Crunch Time. Steve, really appreciate you taking the time. Safe travels to Baton Rouge, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night, man. You guys take care. And there he goes, Steve Robertson of 247 Sports. The LSU Tigers looking to begin SEC play with a victory against Mississippi State. Pre-game begins at 3, kickoff is set for 5, at Tiger Stadium, Mississippi State versus LSU live from Death Valley. And you can hear it right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Take a timeout, wrap up our number one. On the other side, you're listening to the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The third chapter of the trilogy is here. Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin return to the ring this Saturday when the undisputed Super Middleweight Championship on the line. And FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet. Right now, new customers can get up to $1,000 back in free bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using promo code KLWB. Bet on who will win, the knockouts, when the fight will end, and so much more. Give me Alvarez to take down Golovkin on Saturday night. Don't miss out on your chance for a no-sweat first bet when Canelo Alvarez takes on Triple G. Join now using promo code KLWB. That's up to $1,000 back in free bets if your first bet doesn't win, exclusively on the FanDuel app. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. First on the Rome money wager only. Refund issued is nominal drawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Two things I want to hit on in the next six minutes. Number one, college game day tomorrow on ESPN in Boone, North Carolina. Interesting statistic. After App State, and this was confirmed by one of the game day analysts, after App State beat A&M, the game day plans changed. They were going to be in College Station tomorrow for AM Miami. But when App won, they said, nope, we're going to Boone. So App literally stole $1.25 million and College Game Day from the Aggies. Yikes. Secondly, uh, we knew that Texas had a lot of money. That That is not a... You know, that's not a secret to anybody. But James, you 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 ready for this? Ready as I'll ever be. All right, so Texas currently has the number three ranked recruiting class. Okay. Which is led by the second best quarterback in the class, Arch Manning. Yeah. According to public records, Longhorn spent nearly six hundred and thirty thousand dollars on two recruiting weekends in June, including the June seventeenth to nineteenth official visit 
by Manning and eight other recruits. The Manning visit, which in, which in which almost $280,000 was spent on the nine recruits, has resulted in four commitments, One, including Manning and his high school teammate, three-star tight end Will Randall. Among the highlights of the visit, a full buffet spread in their rooms at the Four Seasons Hotel. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. A buffet spread for all nine players and their families at the Four Seasons. Okay, let's, let's continue. A photo shoot at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium. A trip to Top Golf. Multiple lavish meals. A breakfast at the home of head coach Steve Sarkeesian. And a lake cruise on Lake Travis. Seriously? This is what we're giving high school recruits nowadays? Is that all? <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. I'd have been happy when you said I was staying at the Four Seasons. I'd have been you happy. Could've, you could have stopped with, there. I would have been happy with a free trip to uh, to Top Golf. <laughs> you're, you're not lying. You're not lying. I mean, and and I also read at another spot that they sat them in a suite at the game, and that's oh my god. And then so if you look at recruiting in 2019, Texas spent one that one million. $275,368 on recruiting. That's a lot of money to recruit players to your university. But here's here's the disgusting, well, not disgusting, but crazy part. Texas's number was 13th. Georgia, in 2019, spent $3,676,858. Are you kidding me? And then the increase in recruiting spending is, you know, nothing nothing new. Look at the University of Florida. They increased their football spending by $4.72 million recently, with $700,000 added to the recruiting budget. That is a 55% increase from the year before. So Billy Napier walked into Gainesville with a $2 million recruiting budget. And that does not include Napier's access to two private jets, with a budget of $839,000. To be... To, to just be a fly on the wall. I was going to say... I, I, I don't even need to be one of those guys. I just want to watch it all go down. I want, I want to be the little fly that just buzzes around. Gets to see everything. I regret being a really good athlete. Oh my or god. Or not, not being a good athlete. <laughs> it's unreal. That's absolutely the amount unreal. of the amount of pampering you get. And now, is unreal. And now we wonder why kids are weaker nowadays. Now we wonder. Well, now we don't wonder. Should I say? Which of our local teams is most likely to win their weekend matchup? Raging Cajuns fifty six point three percent. Saints eighteen point eight percent. LSU, 15.6%, and McNeese, 9.4%. So by my math, that's another vote for McNeese. Let's go, Cowboys. And then on Facebook, two comments. Chad Stelly says the Cajuns 
Cole Gilbo says the Cajuns as well. Our number one is now in the books here on your Friday Fun Show edition of Crunch Time. Our number two, we're going to start with a banger. Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company on the Daily Wire. He's going to join us from whatever expensive golf course he's playing at nowadays. To do Jake's takes, we're going to ask him his thoughts on the Thursday night football game last night, his favorite upset from college football last weekend, and we'll make some picks for this weekend's games. After that, the hotline open, 706-0111 in that second segment of our number two. Don't forget here in Acadiana, you can watch it on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Take time out, top of the hour sports update coming at you, and then hour number two right here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two, 502 on your Friday. Here's Crunch Time on the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. 502 on a Friday means it's time for Jake's takes. Crane and Companies. Jake Crane joining us on the golf course here on the hotline. Jake, what's up, bud? Guys, how's it going? We're in a scramble. It's a dogfight right now. Today, my boy Tyler's up up on the tee box right now on a par five. We have to have a birdie. Uh, we're we're fighting our tails off over on this side. Are, are you playing Tyler, well, Tyler? That's great. He just hit it. He just piped one down the middle. Tyler, that would have come through on the radio, kid. Are, are you playing well at least? Man, you know I am. The, the game comes and goes a little bit. It's a lot off feel and nuance. So, uh, no, nah, man, it's uh, we're playing pretty good. We're just trying to get in the thick of it tomorrow, uh, be in the top flight, and you know, roll our helmets out there and see what happens. So I, I won't keep you too long, but, man, you, you saw the Max Johnson stuff coming, didn't you? Man, you know what? A&M fans were coming to my house with pitchforks and torches after I said that Haynes King wasn't going to be the guy. Uh, he's going to get a chance to spin. We'll see how he does. I think that offense needs a shot in the arm. They need a little confidence because they do have the guys. Uh, you got to take your hat off to App State. They dominated the game, 52 rush attempts to 18. Who would ever thought that? Uh, but now, nah, man, I mean, Max is going to come in and, and give him maybe a boost in the arm, and they got a big one against Miami, who is missing their best receiver this weekend. What are your feelings through two weeks of college football? I'm just glad it's back. It always goes too fast. You know, I go back and forth. I'm like, man, that's the greatest week one I've ever seen, and that's the greatest week two I've ever seen. And then I don't know if that's true or if I just miss college football that much. But I'm just glad it's back, man. Um, you know, it, it just feels right. Uh, you're seeing a little more parity, I think, because of the transfer portal, especially through the Sun Belt right now. So it's good to see. Let's get one NFL thought out of the way before we get to picks. You know, last night was the first broadcast of Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime between the Chiefs and the Chargers. And, man, I thought Amazon knocked it out of the park last night. Yeah. No, it was great. You know, once I realized I had Prime Video, thanks to my fiance, it was great to be able to watch it. Still a little weird watching Kirk Herbstreit call NFL games. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was a great production. I thought they did a really good job and it ended up being a game that delivered. All right, let's make some picks. Your boys on the Plains host Penn State tomorrow. You know, Auburn, a little up and down, Penn State – Kind of the same thing, but there, there's just something about the magic of Jordan-Hare Stadium. Who you got? 
Uh, there is. You know, I do think Auburn finds a way to win. I know the personnel is probably not as good as Penn State's, but Penn State isn't great on the offensive line, and that's what this game's going to come down to, who can control the clock, who can run the ball, uh, and I think Auburn will find a way with Tank Bigsby uh, and Jarquez Hunter to be able to have enough perimeter runs to be effective. Georgia, South Carolina, you know, on, on paper, this game looks like a blowout uh, with, with Georgia looking just as good as they have in the last couple of years. South Carolina, Spencer Radler, Shane Beamer's offense. Things can get interesting. Yeah, you know, it, South Carolina just doesn't have the personnel up front. You know, I think Georgia could roll in there with their C game and still win. I think they'll put up a fight for a little bit. It's a big game in Columbia, but look, gravity's gravity. Uh, give me Georgia. They're the best team in the country right now. Michigan State, Washington. I've picked Washington since the offseason. I love Kalen DeBoer, uh, who came over from Fresno State. Michael Penix Jr. is in a new territory. You know what he did at Indiana two years ago. Michigan State, to me, Peyton Thorne hasn't been consistent enough. I think Washington scores just enough points. OU, Nebraska. Nebraska just fired their head coach. OU, you know, still trying to figure things out under Brent Venables. Where, Where do you stand on this one? Well, you know, a team with nothing to lose is dangerous. Nebraska's got absolutely nothing to lose. They can pull out all the stops. I think Oklahoma wins, but I think there's a pretty good chance Nebraska covers. Top 25 matchup, BYU-Oregon. Both teams move move the ball down the field pretty well. Both teams have interesting defenses. Where do you lie on this one? You know, I don't think we know about Oregon yet. You played the, you know, the Globanauts week one, Blazer, Taser, Laser, and the rest of the gang. Uh, Bo Nix has a way in these games that you don't know of, of making plays. I think Oregon finds a way. I think a lot of it's going to come down to the health of Romney and Pika Nakua, who's the big-time playmakers for BYU, even though Chris Brooks has done a really good job out of the backfield. And BYU's physical as hell up front, and they're all 30 years old. So, you know, I, I do think Oregon wins, but I think it's a, a rough, tough rumble type of game. Chatting with Jake Crane of Crane Company here for Jake's Takes. All right, Miami A&M. I like A&M with Max Johnson. Miami's missing their best receiver. Uh, I think they're going to struggle to run the ball after A&M was embarrassed last week. Give me A&M to win. I don't like betting that game, though. App State Troy, college game day in Boone. You know, I, I like App State here. I, I, I don't want to pick them to cover. I think they find a way, but John Summerall at Troy's done it a lot. So is Bobby Craddock, the offensive coordinator. I think it's going to be a tighter game, which is great for the Sun Belt because game day's there. Yeah, no, no question about it. Talk about USC Fresno State. That's a, Fresno State's a team that both you and I have been high on, and then USC. I mean, doing what they do. Yeah, well, look, I, I don't know how good USC is up front. I, I thought this game was going to be interesting with Jake Hayner uh, in Fresno State. I was sad to see him lose at Oregon State because I thought they could have been the Cincinnati of this year. Uh, so I do like USC to win, but I think this game's high scoring and tighter than what people think. All right, Jake, three more for you. Uh, LSU, Mississippi State. You know, give me Mississippi State right now. I just think they're more organized and experienced than LSU. If LSU is not able to run the ball, Mississippi State will find a way to score some points. The big question is, looking at Mississippi State stats, they've rushed for over 100 yards the first two games. Are we seeing a little bit of a, a revolution from Mike Leach, uh, kind of getting more into the run game with Will Rogers? Uh, I think it's going to be close. LSU feels like it's a must-win after the letdown in New Orleans. I think Mississippi State kicks a field goal to win this one. Uh, can the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns keep the nation's longest active win streak going and push it to 16 against Rice? Yeah, I think they do. I just think they're the better team. I think they're laying, what is it, like 11.5 points or something on the road. Rice, uh, they're just not deep enough, especially up front. So give me the Rage and Cajuns to make it 16, and I know that doesn't hurt your feelings at all, Matt, you married man.
No, it doesn't does not hurt at all. Saints Bucks on Sunday. Tom Brady has struggled against the Saints as of late. Does that continue? Is it in New Orleans? I can't remember. Yeah, it is. Home opener. Then, get, then give me the Saints. That's the only place. It's like the safe zone for John Wick in the hotel. It's safe until it's not safe. They've, they've owned Tom Brady there. Give me the Saints and Goofy Jameis to pull one out against the Bucks, who, who don't have an offensive line right now that can stay healthy. Bengals-Cowboys. Give me the Bengals, the Cowboys. What a dysfunctional organization. Am I upset? No. Uh, do I feel bad for Dak and them? A little bit, but not really. Uh, when you hire Mike McCarthy, things like this happen. Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company, joining us for Jake's Takes. Jake, appreciate you taking the time, man. Have a great weekend. Uh, Anytime. We're about to drive the green on this par five. I'm going to do it for you guys. Shout out, Matt. Hey, absolutely. Appreciate you, brother. All right, brother. See you next week. There he goes, Jake Crane of Crane and Company. The dedication. The man is out playing golf, trying to put himself in a weekend tournament, and still manages to do the segment. I don't know that I'd have done the same thing. What can't he do? Uh, not much. Jake's Jake's pretty impressive. Not not gonna lie to you. So let's let's start looking at the, the college football schedule this weekend, and we'll look at some of the bigger matchups and we'll make our own picks right here. James, let's start with OU Nebraska. Jake made a good point right there. Nebraska fired Scott Frost, a team with nothing to lose. is very dangerous. That is very And true. they have nothing to lose. They're going to go balls to the wall. Can they upset Oklahoma? I think there's a good shot. I'm gonna take them in that. I'm gonna take them because of that. I mean, if I if I have if I'm that coach where it's like, I mean, I'm not gonna be back anyway. I might as well just do some crazy stuff. I mean, right. throw some throw some trick plays, fake punts. Hey, what's wrong with a ambush onside kick? BYU Oregon in top twenty five matchup. How good is Oregon going to be this year under first year head coach Dan Lanning? I don't know. Bo Nix, not a good quarterback. He's not. You know, he was hyped up. He had a couple good games at Auburn. When the lights are on, he's not good. It feels like Bo Nix has been playing in college football for about 17 years. Forever. I've heard this kid's name since I I feel like I was still in middle school. And he's just not good. No, he's he's never been impressive. Um, I'm taking BYU in this one. Yeah, I'm going to lean with them as well. As much as I like Oregon as a team... And I love their uniforms. I don't feel too confident in them. Auburn, Penn State. This game's interesting. Auburn hasn't been the greatest. They've had some quarterback issues. Penn State has looked pretty solid. James Franklin coach teams always play pretty well. But again, we talked about it yesterday. We just talked about it with Jake. There's a creepy dark magic about (laughs) Jordan-Hare Stadium. Crazy stuff goes on in that building. I'm taking Auburn. I'm going to lean Penn State because even though you may have some freaky voodoo magic over there, I I still got to lean with Penn State because to me they're just the better overall team. They, they Auburn's won their first two games, but it's been against Mercer and in San Jose State. Yeah. And San Jose State was only by eight. Right. It was tw- it was a 24-16 game. My, Penn State my, hasn't been crazy off the wall either, but to me, 
I usually lean SEC, but with this, I, I got I'm taking the Lions. The my, Nittany Lions. My my proof of the voodoo magic in Jordan Hare Stadium is the kick six. <laughs> that one that one is going to be in in that in the college football hall of fame. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like that that moment. I think didn't we? I feel like we had talked about that during SEC we media did. days. We did. I, you had you had talked about the kick six. We we were set up right next to the Alabama Auburn rivalry, like wall, and oh yeah, the kick six. I mean, shoot, maybe if maybe that's a sign. Maybe that was foreshadowing. I don't know. I'm gonna still take the Lions, but. Maybe there's foreshadowing there. Maybe there's some that we're being told by the great beyond. There's that there, we may have not noticed at first. There, there's some creepy magic on the plains in Auburn, man. That's that is uh, all right. LSU, Mississippi State. I'm gonna take LSU with this one. I mean, it. I uh, I don't know. I feel like with bulletin board material, you you gotta the fact that you're at home. Uh, Mississippi State, they got a lot going for them, and I know that LSU doesn't have a great offensive line, and their defensive line without Mason Smith, it's not looking too hot. But something about it, I, I just kind of get that little feeling that LSU is going to win. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I definitely don't. Um, personally, I'm, I'm going to take Mississippi State in a close one. 31-28, 34-31. Kind of, kind of vibe. Yeah, I, I, that one's that one's fair, especially if you want to. It, it, it's either do you want to just kind of go tit for tat and keep going and like right. try to outscore them in like a like a forty five forty two game? Like, is that what you're trying to do? Or are you going to try more of trying to have it be a twenty seven twenty four game? It's either it's either LSU wins close or Mississippi State wins by two scores. Miami A and M. This game intrigues me for a multitude of reasons. First off, A and M and Miami have an infinite amount of money. Both of them. A and M has one of the biggest athletic budgets in the country, and Miami has a donor that apparently is willing to just hand them blank checks. However, neither one of them are very good at football. <laughs> Everybody was so high on A&M. A&M's here. And, and I'm not going to lie, I was high on them too. Me too. I was. But then but then we came to it and was like, well, uh, I mean, they're very hyped because of their signing class. And they, that's not going to make an impact till at least next year. They are bad. Bad. They're not a good football team. To be honest, I, I see this game being low scoring. You know, a 17-14 uh, twenty to seventeen, somewhere in there, and in the end, I really think Miami finds a way to win, and that creates yet another bad loss for Jimbo Fisher. So I'm interested to see how that game goes. You know, a couple, a couple more USC Fresno State could be a good game. Pac-12 after dark, Lincoln Riley. Caleb Williams, you got Jordan Addison out wide, Fresno State, kind of that dark horse for the G5 New Year's Six spot. They've been impressive. They fell to Oregon State, but I mean, Oregon State, what, what, I mean, it's Oregon State. What are you going to say? 
James, USC, Fresno State. Who you got? Mm. Let's just go USC. I mean, I'm, uh, I don't think they're as good as it's been hype out to be. No, but USC's... But Fresno State... Yep. Nah. There, there's a talent gap there. Yeah. There's a talent and, gap and there. And I would hope that USC could prove people like me wrong and be like, hey, oh, no, yeah. we are that team. Two NFL picks for you, and we'll get out of this segment. Bengals-Cowboys. Give me the Bengals. Uh, I think it, it's hard for me to see the Bengals and Joe Burrow have two bad games in a row. And, I mean, and, with and, a, and, and with as bad as they played, they still went they, to overtime. They could have won the game. And they could have won the game multiple times. Yep. And I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. I think. Oh, yes, it will. Yes, it will. Cooper Rush is playing quarterback for the Cowboys. He won it. He won the game that he played though last year. Against that he who? started. It was the Vikings, but still. I'm saying it's oh. not. I don't think it's going to be a three touchdown blowout. I think it's going to be. It might be. I think it's going to be a one score game, or Oof. it's going to keep it within the single digits. Oh. Because, I mean, if you're going to do it, you're going to have a heavy load of. Zeke, Tony Pollard, dump it off to Dalton Schultz and try to get to C.D. Lamb as much as you can, especially with – I'm not super impressed with the corners of the Bengals. Never was, but, I mean, I mean, they're just not that good. I think you got to try and get to C.D. as much as you can because if you go across the middle, Logan Wilson, the, the Bengals linebacker, mm-hmm. I like him a lot. But fantastic. you're going to have to do short passes, tr- try to stay ahead of the chains as much as you can, which I think Cooper Rush – as long as he doesn't throw like two interceptions, they have a shot of keeping it close. Cardinals Raiders. It's not a double XP weekend, I don't think, for COD. So I'm going to take the Cardinals. Well, I don't know. The beta's out. The va- oh, the beta's out. The beta's out. Oh no! Hey, no and, Cardinals and you, you know, too. You know, you know, Kyler's got the access to the beta. Yeah, I was going to say he's a part of Face Clan. No man. So. And it's hard for me to – and I did pick the Raiders to win the division. It's not looking too good right now. Oh, man. I think – I mean, oh, is, the, is the beta actually out? Yes. Oh, then give me give me the Raiders. Yes, it's actually out. Give me the Raiders. <laughs> our, our, our guy Dylan Sanders posted on, on Twitter that he was he was logging on to the beta. Oh. So yeah, it's out. Uh-oh. Yeah, Kyler and – Kyler and Cardinals are going 0-2. Sick. Yikes. Not good. Big yikes there. Oh, man. Anyways, going to be a great weekend of college and NFL football. So before that gets underway, let me tell you about your new favorite sports book, BetUS.com, back for their 28th year of NFL action. With the industry's biggest sign-up bonus of up to 200%, BetUS offers their members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite leagues, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, and more. Also, hundreds of new casino games, including the coolest European slots and our live dealers waiting for you at the tables. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything from live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets. Call today at 1-800-79-BET-US. That's 1-800-79-BET-US, and they'll walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives better bonuses than BETUS. Join now and mention KLWB to get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Head to BETUS.com to join today. That's BETUS 
where the games begin. Take a time out. When we return, we will hear from the New Orleans Saints sides of things. Cam Jordan, Pete Carmichael, and defensive coordinator Chris Richard right here on the other side. Here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Nice work, James. I like this. I could get behind this. Crunch time on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Met me guys, James Mesh, 525, here on your Friday. If you want to get in on the hotline, you got about seven minutes to do so. Uh, we got a stacked back, out, back half hour, 706-0111. Saints play Sunday, a lot of injuries to talk about. Cam Jordan met with the media today to talk about his favorite person in America, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady. Tom Brady is one of the most prolific quarterbacks you're ever going to run into. I mean, uh, the fact that he has seven Super Bowls, the fact that he's been in the league for, I don't know, 22 years, 23 years. It's, okay. you know, he's 44. He probably started playing at 21. I think it's 20. Oh, Lord Jesus, impressive. Um, you know, he's seen every defense. You can't, you can't really disguise anything against him. He knows exactly where you're going to be. He's watched enough film where, uh, at this point, we're, we're just playing real ball and trying to disguise and trying to throw him off if you can. But the fact that he has seen everything, the fact that he knows that he has receivers, the fact that he knows he can check down and, and get yards, uh, it's probably more frustrating. You probably want to go against somebody who can run around because that's going to come as it is. He said, Jesus, impressive. I mean, 23 years, seven Super Bowls. I mean, I hate Tom Brady, but what? I mean, you can't you can't argue you can't against argue it. with it. Come on, you can't, you can't, you can't. Pete Carmichael also met with the media to talk about New Orleans native Jarvis Landry being a deep threat in this Saints offense. Well, I think this. I think as you look at him, um, you know, you go, you watch his film. When it came back to the free agency, and we were looking at him, it wasn't just the talent that we saw as a player. You know, we're bringing him in and. and knew what he would bring to that room as a, a veteran, his leadership, his understanding of routes and being able to talk to the young guys. But obviously he's had success throughout his career when he's playing the receiver of doing whatever you ask him to do, whether it is going downfield or some underneath stuff, but you've seen the success that he's had. Um, and then, you know, a, a guy that brings a lot of value to you in the short game as well, but I think that uh, he's had success, maybe not as much, downfield but we've seen those traits he also talked about you know that this happens often you know you watch as a as a pro offensive coordinator you watch offenses that your players were a part of in college try to implement things to make it a little bit easier of a transition for them and Pete Carmichael discussed that taking things from college offenses maybe sometimes it might be a concept that you want to do and he's like hey I've done that before or it's, hey, when we saw this particular defense, this is something that we did in college. And so ideas are being shared all the time. And I think that, uh, you know, I mean, these guys have the videos for you and say, hey, I can show you right now. And so uh, with the media, that's I mean, technology, I guess that's available. And so obviously, you know, if a guy has success with something and it fits, we'll do it. Chris Richard, Saints co-defensive coordinator, spoke with the media, talked about the success against the Bucks 
the keys to defending a guy like Tom Brady. But most importantly, he talked about the challenge that will be stopping former St. Augustine Purple Knight and LSU Tiger Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I could say he's a he's an aggressive, like bruiser, right? Like this, like he's what you call like an, a war daddy, right? Again, he's like fast, good moves, great vision, and then tough to bring down. So we have to get his cleats out the grass, stop his momentum, set the edges, and get his cleats out the grass. We'll be effective. How effective do you think Leonard Fournette's been so far? Very. Yeah. He's, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty you effective. Know, pe- pe- people were knocking him in the offseason. Oh, he gained all this weight, blah, blah, blah. Mm, Leonard Fournette looks like Leonard Fournette. That dude is, he's something special. I was going to say, he did he did very good for that week one, and because of that very good performance, I completely forgot that that even was a discussion during the offseason. season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He he played so efficiently, and I had no concern about it. And I had completely there was forgot a that massive that, that discussion ever, about him. I had I had no worries about that. It it had cleared my mind. That's that's how good and how much of a dude he is at running back. All right, James, you're the Saints guru. You're going to be there Sunday. Yep. yep. Give me three keys to victory for the Saints. Three things they have to do to beat Tampa. You're going to have to pass rush Tom because. You didn't do it last week, but now that you got more of a statue, not a running back, a quarterback, you should fare better, especially with the injuries on the Bucks' offensive line. Um, you need to play good coverage. I know that they also have injuries. Chris Godwin not looking good with that. You got Mike Evans that'll probably play. Julio's probably going to play, but you still got to lock him down. They don't have Rob anymore, but you also have to make sure that like we talked about, stop Leonard Fournette as well, whether you're going to stop him in the run game, but he also gets a lot in the pass game, so you're going to have to watch out for that. But then also, the Saints are going to have to find mismatches on the Bucks' defense. And just the running backs, whether Kamara plays or not, you're going to have to get open because Devin White, dog. Levante David, dog. Dog. The Antoine. corner, the corners aren't as great as we make them out to be, in my opinion. I think they're good because the pass rush for the last couple of years was so good, and they got there so fast. It's like they don't actually have to play; they don't have to actually cover for very long. So their their deficiency it, it gets masked. But it also depends on Akeem Hicks because Akeem Hicks, longtime Saint, was also a very longtime Bear and yep. is now as a Buck. So watch out for that. Antoine Winfield. Antoine Winfield, very good safety. Dog. Very good. But Dog. I'm talking about the corners. I'm not I'm not very impressed with the corners. You don't like Sean Murphy Bunting? Nah. And uh, what's what's the other guy's name? Jam, uh, Jamal Dean. Yeah, Jamal Dean. Nah. I like I like Winfield though. Winfield's yeah. very good. Yeah. That'll be a good game. It's always fun to watch the Saints and the Bucks go at it in the Mercedes Benz Superdome tonight. Or the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. Can help with your date night blues. Multiple gift cards to win Mr. Lester's Steakhouse, Half Shell Oyster House, and Mabel's Kitchen. Go sign up at the clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free and it's simple. Take a timeout, bring you more crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh after this, right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU and the Houston Astros. 
Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on The Game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here, and I am joined by the head coach of the Southside Sharks, Josh Fontenot, fresh off their 35-33 to victory over Cecilia. Coach, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Thanks for having us. We're good. Yes, sir. I'm doing well. So let's let's look at let's look at the game from from the other night. Taking down Cecilia again, 35 to 33. This was a battle of of two very athletic quarterbacks, Diesel Soleri and Landon Baptiste. And you know, coach, you guys were able to do just enough to to get the victory there. Walk me through that game Thursday night. Uh the 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 glaring thing in the game was the fumbles. We had five turnovers and um put the ball on the ground five times, lost it all five. One of them they picked it up and ran it back for a touchdown. So uh that that just can't happen. And we were able to overcome and that was a good thing. The boys fought through and found a way to win. There's not many teams that can say they turned it over five times and won the game. Especially against a team like the City. The City is pretty good now. Uh, they got some really, really talented kids, and they super well coached. And I think Coach Gaines does as good a job as anybody. So uh, it was a good win, but uh, we got to clean some things up if, if we're going to uh, move forward in our district and win some district games. Now, you you hit the nail on the head there. Five turnovers, yet you were still able to win the game. What what kind of you know momentum boost does that maybe give your guys going forward? It, it, you know, you got it. The first win under your belt is always huge. It's all you know. Kind of get a sigh of relief. And um, this one for us was uh, uh, especially, I think, uh, um, one we'll learn a lot from. Just because, okay, like we, there's things we have to clean up. Like you know, we, we work ball security and ball handling um, every day, just because of the nature of our offense. So when we're messing up the most basic part. Uh, sometimes it is the most difficult part, but it is the part that we work on the most. Um, that's a wake-up call to, hey, this is this is really, really going to get us in trouble and lose the game if uh, if we don't clean it up. Now, looking at the statistics, I mean, Aaron Ford, 21 carries for 152 yards and three touchdowns. Landon Baptiste also had two touchdowns on 86 yards as well. You know, talk about the way Cecilia's defense played that you were able to, you know, find holes in the running game? Well, it's kind of a combination of all of our different options um, that we have. And when I say options, true option plays, Coach Paul Mono is our offensive coordinator, and he does a really good job of mixing things up um, to where uh, a defense, it's harder for them to say, okay, well, this is they're running it this is the dive guy, this is the pitch guy every time. It's always out of this formation. So you'll see Coach Mono um, mix in different formations, um, run a midline option behind, followed up with a speed option or a triple. So it's never just, you know, a lot of people get bored or they think it's boring watching some types of flex bone teams and these like, like the academy teams play. But when you really get into it uh, and you have to defend it, uh, there's a lot more than just, Handing a ball off of the middle, and uh, Coach Mono does a very good job of making 
um, other defenses defend a lot of different areas. Chatting with Southside head coach Josh Fontenot. Now looking at the statistics, coach, Landon Baptiste only threw the ball six times for, on mm-hmm. Thursday night. Was that something, uh, again, that the Cecilia's defense presented to where you know the passing game just wasn't there? You know, Kind of talk about that. Well, look, we're gonna we're gonna run the ball until somebody makes us throw it, kind of. If that makes sense, you know, um, all of our pl- our passes are very much uh, um, they're 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 putting too many people in the box or too many people are lined up a certain way. We have to take advantage of it and get them backed up and throw it over the top. So this offense, the nature of what we do, we're very much run first. And we have to throw the ball effectively when people make us do it. So that's where we're at. Right, we're we're having you know we haven't been able to do that. We haven't been able to throw the ball uh, consistently. And you know when we throw it, it's got to be big plays or touchdowns. Uh, it's just how it is the nature of it. And we haven't been consistent enough to say okay, let's just throw it to back them off on first down or or just to keep them on their toes. It's it's become throwing a ball. Uh, I won't say it's a wasted down, but it's it's very high risk just because we hadn't been able to do it consistently. It's something that we'll continue to work on. Um, it's something that we have to get better at if we're going to win big games. Now, Coach, looking ahead to this week to your opponent in Karen Crow, a 50-29 to win over Barb the other night. Kenan Ryan was their leading rusher, 130 yards and a touchdown. Kind of talk about what they can do offensively, you know, winning a state championship two years ago, having a a pretty early playoff exit last year. Just kind of talk about what the Golden Bears can do. Uh, We're similar offensively. I mean, both of us want to run the ball. Uh, Karen Crow's gotten into the shotgun a little bit more than actually a lot more than you've ever seen them do it in the past uh, to try to take advantage of some of their uh, athletes on the outside and let their quarterback who throws the ball very well um, kind of give you a different look. So that's a challenge. Uh, you're not just getting ready for the old school split back there where they just try to ram it down your throat. Um, they, um, they're they throwing in a good bit, a little bit more. Those guys do a real good job over there of coaching that offense. That's, once again, it's another offense that uh it looks boring but boy when you get involved in it they, they can beat you a lot of ways and then defensively they're real good on the defensive front um it's going to be a challenge for us to move the ball similar to notre dame you know those guys are big and physical and, and uh they're hard to move and play with a lot of discipline coach lastly uh the health update for the team any injuries that uh that fans should know about Knock on wood, man, we're good uh, so far. Uh, we've had, you know, there's every every game is a nick and bruise, maybe a little twisted ankle, but uh, so far every starter has um, been able to start every game and will be full strength uh, Friday night. Glad to hear it. Southside head coach Josh Fontenot joining us here for the for an update on the matchup between Southside and Karen Crow. Coach, really appreciate you taking the time, and best of luck this Friday night. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. We'll come back with more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh after this right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Sign up right now for The Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
One of the things I love about betting on the NFL is that I'm always finding new players or game props I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. Perfect for this Sunday's game. My same game parlay for the Saints game includes me taking the Saints spread at plus two and a half, the over on 44 and a half total points scored, and over on two and a half total Saints touchdowns. Same game parlays are just one of the reasons I love betting with FanDuel. Registering, depositing, and finding your bets are always fast, and when you win, FanDuel pays you your winnings even faster. There's no feeling like a nailing a same game parlay bet. So lock in your bet today with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers get up to $1,000 back in free bets if your first bet doesn't win with promo code KLWB. That's promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Four games on the docket in the local area tomorrow and Sunday. Let's get to our picks now. James, we'll start with LSU Mississippi State. Ooh, spicy one. Which you can hear right here on this station tomorrow. Pre-game at 3, kickoff at 5. Mississippi State's favored in this one, but not by much. In fact, the line has shrunk by half a point. It's now only the LSU Tigers are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. So who you got? I'm going to take LSU. I feel like everyone is really high on Mississippi State. And looking at a comment from yesterday talking about the Chargers, how everyone's counting them out, he took the Chargers. The Chargers didn't win yesterday, but I think I'm going to take that same rule and take that same philosophy and Everyone's counting out the home team. It's kind of like what I did with Utah and Florida. I, I'm going to take LSU in this one. I, I feel like they may be surprised to people, and this is a foundational game for Brian Kelly. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to take LSU also. Um, you know, this is going to be a game that Jaden. I, I just feel Jaden Daniels is going to have a, a coming out party tomorrow night. And the wide receiver is going to play well. The defense is going to come up with some big plays, especially now that you get a healthy B.J. Ojolari back. And one thing people aren't talking about enough, John Emery's back tomorrow night. Yeah, that one does intrigue me. I feel like you're not going to give him a huge bulk of the carries, but I could see him carrying the ball five, six times to ease him back into the offense because he hasn't played since he's December gonna make 2020. An impact. He's going to make an impact for sure. Um, so I've got LSU in a close one. The next one, let's go UL Rice. UL's an 11-point favorite on the road. Cajuns win. They don't cover. Yeah, I, I feel, for me last week, until you just saw that huge explosion in, in the third and fourth quarter, they were losing. And I was worried about that 11-point spread. They ultimately got it by 28, so you didn't have to worry about it. But with this week, this time you're going to be on the road. This is the first road test for... Coach Dez and that Cajun squad, like you said, I think they win, but I think it's going to be more of a struggle. I, I think it's going to be ultimately a one-score game, whether it's about six to eight points in difference. So they're not able to get that 11-point win. McNeese Alcorn State, home opener for the Cowboys. They've been through a lot over the last couple of years. Gary Goff, you know, they, they lost their first two games, but it appears that Gary Goff has this team going in the right direction. Uh, fans are excited about Lake Charles. They're excited about the McNeese home opener tomorrow night. Who you got? Yeah, first two weeks struck out for me. Uh, I tried picking them, but it, it didn't help that they were on the road. 
I think now that you finally get back to Lake Chuck, you finally get to play on your home crowd, third time's a charm. I think you got to give it to the Cowboys this time. I think this one's going to be a close one. Maybe gets decided by a field goal. And in the McNeese Coaches Show on Wednesday night, what Jim Gozola talked about was, look, they finally have a kicker. Yeah. So I, I feel like that could be the difference. It's like, look, we finally got one. We can win now. And this, and I think they ultimately beat them maybe like 27-24 against Alcorn State. See, I don't want to keep agreeing with you, but it, it's hard to bet against the Cowboys right now. I mean, you lost two games. You're going to be hungry for that first win. You're back at home in front of your home fans after everything that they have been through over the last couple of years. It, it's really hard to go against McNeese here. Yeah, it, to me, at a certain point, I mean, if this program is going to turn around, they got to win at some point. Yeah. And I feel like tomorrow is that some point. And let's go to Sunday. The Saints and the Bucks in the Caesars Superdome. This game is always fun. The The Saints have won the last four regular season matchups. Against Tom Brady, but they've actually won the last seven. The last seven against Tampa. Last time they lost was at home in the season opener against oh, Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick and yeah, the yeah, Bucks. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. When Deshaun Jackson decided to go crazy. So... The Saints have had the Bucks number. Yeah. Other than that one playoff game, the Saints have had the Bucks number. I mean, I'm going Saints. And contrary to what people believe, I'm going Saints big. Oh, you're going big like a 31-17. Oh, okay. Two two touchdown game. I'm I'm not that bullish on it. I think there was a lot you have to work on. And even though the Bucks didn't look as good as previous seasons with Tom Brady. He's got Julio Jones and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They've all been on the injury report. I, I've been hearing Chris Godwin maybe plays, maybe not. It, it's kind of iffy. I think Mike plays. I feel like Julio's a yeah. game-time decision. I think he ultimately M- plays. but Mike Evans plays, but how good will he be? And he's probably going to have Marshawn on him. If you look at my Friday... Meshes Friday five. I mean, that's been a matchup since Marshawn got into league, and lately he's had his number. So it feels like if the Bucks are going to win, you're going to have to look to a different receiver. Like one of their one of their guys that they usually primarily use for special teams, or maybe it's just a big game for Leonard Fournette, where he just maybe breaks a couple tackles, or he gets really involved in the pass game where he catches eight or nine balls because Brady has to dump it off. It might be almost like a Christian McCaffrey situation where if you just get it to your running back enough, they're able to get it done. I like how the spread has also moved from the Saints being three-point underdogs to two-and-a-half, which shows that the media and people who are betting are realizing, okay, it's in New Orleans, right? and the Saints have had their number the last three-and-a-half years. Maybe let's not get too crazy and just pick the Bucks. I do think at a certain point that this is going the the stretch is going to have to end and the Bucks are ultimately going to win at some point. It may be when it goes back to Tampa, but right now I'm feeling like it's going to be New Orleans eight straight. Yeah, I, I think like I said, I, I think it's New Orleans big. Uh, I think Jameis just balls in this game. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. High school football tonight as well. Karen Crow and Southside. Of course, multiple stations on Z1059 and Mustang 107.1. STM hosting Brother Martin here on 103.7 The Game and the Bar Bucks on 104.1 in Lake Charles. I want to thank our guest, 
For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. Have one hell of a weekend, and we'll be back on Monday right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.